Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported thousands of women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. So if you're frustrated, if you're doubting yourself, if you're not enjoying the journey, there's a better way. Together, we'll break through your past patterns, we'll eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and most importantly, enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Hope you're having an amazing day today. We are going to do again what we did last Saturday. It was very well received. I shared with you all that I opened up some free coaching slots and they were snapped up immediately. I wanted to demonstrate what I think a lot of folks understand but then don't know how to change. And that is the fact that how you think, your mindset, the way that you are making decisions is really at the root of why you're not making progress. So often we default to changes in strategy because everybody's pitching us a new strategy when the fact of the matter is it's how we think that's to blame for the excuses that we're making, for all the exceptions that we grab up, and for the reason that we're not consistent. So in this particular coaching call, I was talking to somebody who was really having a hard time remaining consistent with nutrition. And she knows all the things to do, but she found that she kept letting herself off the hook, even though she really didn't want to let herself off the hook. She wants the results. And What we really honed in on is the difference between being impulsive and being intentional and the way that you can approach strategizing from a mindset perspective, right? Thinking differently about being impulsive, thinking differently about being intentional, and also making sure that self-discipline, self-sacrifice, and willpower are not what you are relying on in your approach to food, in your relationship with food. I think this is going to be such a relatable episode for people who feel like they don't want to miss out or for people who feel like when they're eating well, it kind of sucks and it's not as fun as indulging. There's so many practical strategies in this episode, but also really at the root of it is the way that you think about indulging and the way that you think about these decisions as they come up. Are you being intentional or are you being impulsive? And how can you be more intentional and less impulsive? 
Before we get into the episode, I wanted to remind you that 10X Mindset is now open. And not only is it now open, we're currently in our first week promotional period. So 10X Mindset is usually just $197, but for the first week only, so there are a few days left, you can get access for just $147. So that's $50 off just this first week only. It launched on Thursday. So handful of days left to take advantage of that promotional price. You just have to go to primalpotential.com forward slash go slash 10x. Primalpotential.com forward slash go slash 10x. I will also link that in the show description so you don't have to worry about remembering it. Just head over to the show description and click right there. I'll tell you this. I see way too many people struggling thinking that it is their discipline or it is their willpower and it's it's not those things. So many people think that it's their addiction to food and it's really not that either in the dramatic majority of cases or just this overwhelming sense that you can't follow through or you're super inconsistent. What is at the root of it in almost all cases is how you think. And that's the work that most people aren't doing because that's the work that most people aren't selling, right? Everybody is attracted to the new flashy strategy and approach, but at the end of the day, until you upgrade your mindset, you're going to continue to drift. You're going to continue to disengage. You're going to continue to make excuses and say, I'll start tomorrow. This one thing won't hurt or what's the point? Why bother anyway? That is why 10X Mindset exists. One of the big reasons that people aren't flocking to this work when it is the essential work is that they're not quite sure how. Okay, I know I need to think about things differently so that I don't continue to make excuses, so that I don't continue to do the opposite of what I said I was going to do today, but I'm not sure how to do that because it seems like my thoughts are so automatic. What we're doing in 10X Mindset is we're making it very actionable. 10X Mindset gives you one action step every day for 30 days. So you're just doing one thing, it's a different thing every day, for 30 days to get in the practice of becoming a better thinker, of 10X upgrading your mind, your thought patterns, the way that you come into perspectives, determine perspectives, settle on perspectives, and upgrade perspectives. We have this discounted price for just the first week, so definitely do not wait. When you sign up, it starts for you that very day. So if you sign up in the next 10 minutes, you get your welcome email right away. And about two hours later, you get your email with your first challenge, and then you get an email with that challenge every day for 30 days. There's no Facebook group to be a part of. There's no course center that you have to log into and remember to visit. I wanted to make it super easy, straightforward, actionable, and also accessible. So you can join at any time and you can start at any time, but it is this first week only where you can get that discounted price. So you're going to go to primalpotential.com forward slash go forward slash 10x, primalpotential.com forward slash go forward slash 10x. I'll link that in the show description because I never remember URLs when they're read out, but all you got to do is click the link in the show description. All right. With that said, let's get into today's episode. So um, I have counted macros. I have been with a coach for two, you know, two years, lost 30 pounds. The minute I stopped 
um, tracking and I, you know, oh, I can do this in my head, the weight comes back on. Mm -hmm. Um, If nothing's going on in my life, I do great. I'm a mom of four. Um, My oldest is 23 and my youngest is 15. Um, You know, as you know, life stressors happen and um, I always tend to fall back into this um, unhealthy eating, which I don't. So when things are going great, I'm good. But when, you know, life is life and things get lifey, I don't, I don't do well. And yesterday, like say I went to this party, I got up, I did my, took my son to where he needed to go, you know, walked three miles, feeling great, going to a Labor Day party, walking in like with a plan. I brought chicken skewers and salad. I'm like, I'm going to stick to this. But I start eating the chips. And then once I start, I'm like, ah, all right. Well, I guess I'll start again tomorrow. And that happens daily. So what work have you done on that thought pattern, on overcoming that thought pattern? Because this to me is not about chips and it's not even about life being lifey. It's about the way that you talk yourself into it. Oh, it's no big deal. I'll start tomorrow. Mm -hmm. That's a mindset thing. And so I'm wondering, you know, I know you said you've worked with a coach for a couple of years. Did that include any of any work on like how you talk to yourself in moments where you're justifying something that isn't aligned with your intentions? Not so much. I actually did work with, um, I don't think it was a mindset coach, but it was kind of um, more about the mindset, but it was just so vague and it didn't feel Mm. tangible to me. Yeah. So I I never was able to like really, it was just kind of like, not woo woo, but you know, just, I guess reframing my thoughts, but I guess I just never have. So when somebody goes through this pattern that you're describing where it's like, if everything's cool, I do well, but when life gets lifey, I don't, or I go in with a plan, but then I don't execute the plan. The first place that my mind goes to is what what is the story that you are telling yourself? Let's say like, oh, things have been crazy with the kids. How do you then link that to? What is the mindset stuff happening where you link that to? And so I can't eat the way I've been eating or move the way that I've been moving. And you pointed it out in the party. It was, oh, well, no big deal. I'll just start tomorrow. And it's that, that story that represents the greatest opportunity for improvement. And there's probably many of those stories, but when you're at that Labor Day party and you're like, oh, but I was prepared because I brought the salad and the chicken skewers. Mm -hmm. Well, you know yourself and you know if there's a pattern of being like, well, yeah, but this stuff is here, but I don't really want it. So I'm going to have all this other stuff and no big deal. It's a party. I want to enjoy myself. I'll start tomorrow. For me, when I go into a social situation, I know that my most effective approach is not, well, if I just bring grilled chicken and salad, I'll be good. I know that my most effective approach is to say, I know all of these things are going to be here. I'm going to have this, but not that. And I want to make it so I'm looking forward to the food situation and I'm not putting myself in a situation where I have to white knuckle willpower it or where I feel like I'm missing out. So maybe that looks like, you know what, there's going to be cookies and there's going to be cake. 
I'm going to have this, but not that. Or, you know, I'm not really tempted by the cookies and a cake, but I do want to have a drink. So I'm going to have a margarita, but I'm not going to have a margarita and shots. I'm not going to have three margaritas. I'm not going to have a margarita and beers. So I like to go into social situations with something that I might indulge. And I'm going to do it in a way that I still feel really good about it. And it doesn't mean that that happens every time. But if there is this pattern of like, oh, well, I'll start tomorrow, we have to deal with that because there's no magical reset button. Is mm-hmm. the the cost of what you're doing, is it is it worth it? And is the value there? Like if you're going to have the chips, are the chips so valuable to you? that they are worth the cost that they might have to your body, to your health, to your energy, to your mindset. Those are the kinds of things that we want to think about instead of just rolling with this story of like, oh, no big deal. I'll start tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're absolutely not worth it. And, you know, you saying white knuckling, I feel like whenever I've lost weight and kept it off, I've I've white knuckled. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I loosen up, loosen up that white knuckling, then I just kind of fall back into those old habits. Here's why that usually happens. When people feel like I lost the weight and it felt like it was just pure discipline, pure willpower, they're not losing weight in a way that reflects any kind of like enjoyment of food or satisfaction. They're doing it because it results in weight loss, but it's hard and it's sacrificial. And so what the approach that I typically take with myself and also with my clients is Let's not just follow a diet because it's going to work for weight loss. Let's eat in a way that reflects the way that we want to eat for the rest of our lives. I say this all the time on the podcast. For me, that usually means indulging a couple times a month, two to three times a month, not in a binge kind of way, but in a way that I still feel good after I don't wake up the next day feeling exhausted or bloated or heavy or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it might mean, in fact, it does mean slower weight loss, but it means that I'm not then feeling like I need to break free and go overboard once I lose the weight. And it's not a situation where I don't know what to do once I've gotten to the point where weight loss is no longer the goal. If you are just losing weight in a way that works, but doesn't teach you how to indulge and how to enjoy food and also pursue weight loss, then you're going to be in this cycle of, I can lose weight, but I can't keep it off. So then I'm redoing it over and over and over again. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes complete sense. And it's a perfect description of me. So then what I would challenge you to do is look at how can I both pursue fat loss and really enjoy the way I'm eating. Some of that might be about factoring in indulgences and frequency and quantity, but some of it is also what are the foods that I'm eating for fat loss so that I really enjoy them. For example, I do not enjoy uh, chicken breast. I do not enjoy most white fish. And so I used to incorporate things like that, you know, chicken breast and broccoli, because I felt they were conducive to fat loss. But then what happened was I was eating to eat, but I wasn't really enjoying food. Now I'd rather have steak. I'd rather have breakfast sausage than egg whites, things like that, that I make these strategic swaps so that I'm still 
pursuing fat loss, maybe a little bit more slowly, but I'm really enjoying what I'm eating. So it doesn't feel so sacrificial. Mm -hmm. So I need to find those things that I feel satisfied with, where I don't feel like, oh, I'm just eating this and white knuckling and Satisfied, but also you enjoy them. Mm-hmm. I make my protein smoothies in a way that it doesn't feel like, oh, I have to have a protein shake because I've done that before. And you're just like choking it down because it's this quote unquote healthy thing. Now it's like, I can't wait after I get off this call and I take a shower and I have one more call, I'm going to go downstairs mm-hmm. and make a protein smoothie and I'm looking forward to it. I I enjoy it. It is something that doesn't feel in any way like I'm deprived or missing out. In fact, I get bummed when my kids want to drink it because there's less for me. I want to factor in full enjoyment of food and also indulgences, but enjoying food doesn't have to be limited to the times when you indulge. Maybe that means you're putting a little more effort into recipes instead of just grabbing a protein and a veggie out of the fridge and calling that dinner. Trying different things. It could mean incorporating takeout that's really indulgent. Like there's a, there's a seafood restaurant near us and they have an amazing beet salad that I get with salmon and it feels super indulgent and like a real treat, but it's also aligned with my goals. Mm -hmm. And most people are just looking at, is this going to help me lose weight or not? But they're freaking miserable. They always feel like they're missing out. And so that's why they say yes to chips because their alternative is not something that they consider to be appealing or satisfying. Exactly. Sometimes people feel like, well, I don't want to make these swaps that maybe if I'm having goat cheese on my salad or whatever the swap is, it might make fat loss a little slower. And it's like, but you don't realize that in the long run, you're hurting yourself by, by valuing speed at the expense of sustainability. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I think that's definitely what I have been always been doing. Just like restrict, 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 get the weight off. And then I end up binging. Right. What the practice that I go through with my clients is first defining the ideal. If I woke up tomorrow and I was at my ideal weight, how would I want to eat for energy, for longevity, for vitality, for the way that I want my body to remain, you know, physically, What does that look like? And define it really specifically. And then I say no to any fat loss approach that doesn't reflect my ideal. Mm. I'd rather have it go slower, but last. I'd rather have it go slower, but avoid the peaks and valleys of binging and restricting and, and what that does to your body and what it does to your mindset and what it does to your confidence and what it does to your sense of your ability to go out and be social and do those things any day of the week. But you have to know what your ideal is. And that probably looks very different from from my ideal. I know that my ideal looks like 85-ish percent of the time I'm eating meat and veggies, a little bit of fruit. And then the rest of the time, call it 10, 15% of the time is some rice, some sweet potato, some ice cream, some pizza, some nachos, you know, and always in a way where quantity wise, I still feel good after, right? Never in a way where it's like, I overdid it. I binged. And not only because of 
how that makes me feel physically, but because of the burden that puts on my body and the machinery that is my body. I just don't want to do that to myself. So really mm-hmm. define what that ideal is and don't pursue any approach that doesn't take into account your ideal. Mm-hmm. I know what my ideal is. My ideal is definitely protein and fresh produce and fruit and I don't know why I get into this pattern of, okay, well, now I'm eating cookies. Well, now I'm eating cookies every day. I mean, I don't want that either. So that's like just so extreme. I think it's because you think that there's going to then come a day where you can't have that anymore. And so you might as well get it out of your system and start fresh the next day. But if your mindset Mm -hmm. is, I can have a cookie. Mm -hmm. And in fact, not only can I have a cookie, I need to develop the skill of being able to have a cookie and have it not turn into six cookies or not have it turn into a cookie plus pizza plus Mexican food plus margarita, you know, like the the pile on effect. So you have to How define that. that skill. <laughs> that I think skill. There, I, I don't there's have a lot skill. of different ways, but at the end of the day, it comes down to practice. Now, from a big picture standpoint, there are some things like ice cream is something that I really love and enjoy. And I want to incorporate infrequently, you know, maybe a couple of times a month. One of the things for me is I don't buy ice cream by the pint, by the gallon. Like it doesn't come into the how we don't buy ice cream sandwiches and keep them in the house. If we're going to do ice cream, we go out for ice cream. That makes it a lot easier because I'm not going to stay at the ice cream shop and go up to the counter four times (laughs) to get like four cups of ice cream, right? I get my cup of ice cream and then we eat it and we leave. So that is one of the ways that I practice. I also practice that by defining when that's going to happen. It's an intentional choice. It's not an impulsive choice. So it's not going to be something where we drive by and I say, hey, let's stop for ice cream. It's intentional. I know in the month of September when I plan to indulge. Everything Mm -hmm. else is an impulse. And it doesn't mean that there's never an impulsive choice. I'm human. There certainly are. But I practice being intentional about those indulgences because I know like I'm in a postpartum fat loss phase right now. I know that I don't want to indulge more than three times a month. I like to plan that out. Are there months where maybe it's four or it's five times? Sure. But I'm learning from that and I'm looking at what was going on and I'm looking at what needs to change. So I try to be intentional, planning those out, identifying what they will be, recognize the tendency to be impulsive and find another way around that. If if I'm feeling impulsive, like I really want something sweet, which could be hormonal, you know, maybe it's right before my period and I'm just, the cravings are out of control. What can I do that is still aligned with my goals? Maybe that means that night I have some frozen fruit with a little heavy cream on top and it feels indulgent, but it's also still aligned with my goals and it's honoring what I'm trying to practice. So for me, I don't bring that kind of stuff into the house and I try to do it in a way where it's naturally um, moderate in its portion size, right? I'm not going to go and like I said, sit at the ice cream shop and go to the counter multiple times for for ice cream. Um, So those are a couple of things, but I think a big part of it too is you said, you know, your ideal is protein and fresh veggies. But there's a way to pursue that that feels really compelling. And there's a way to pursue that that feels like a chore or feels like a burden. If I just go to the grocery store and I buy kind of 
the things that are healthy. I get asparagus and I get beef and I get steak and I get chicken. But then I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with this. And then I've just baked the chicken and it's not particularly good. That's very different than like knowing that tonight I'm going to marinate the flank steak and I'm going to have it with roasted broccoli. And I'm really looking forward to that. Or knowing that tomorrow night we're going to be doing spaghetti squash with shrimp and a pesto. I'm really looking forward to that. That feels indulgent. That feels that feels like something that I just can't wait to eat as opposed to, well, we've got chicken and we've got steak and it just feels like a chore. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I definitely I, know what you mean. Yeah. So I take the time to think about meals that I look forward to eating. One of my favorite breakfasts in the fall is this basically like stir fry, I guess I make with breakfast sausage, ground breakfast sausage, not like patties or anything. And I do apples and butternut squash. And I just, I really look forward to it. I'll put an egg on top and that Mm. is so delicious and it feels really satisfying and it's aligned with my goals. And it's not just like waking up in the morning going, oh, okay, I guess I'll have bacon and eggs. And it sort of feels like I'm missing out because I'd rather have pancakes. I wouldn't rather have pancakes than this fall breakfast thing that I make. So you have Mm -hmm. to be thinking about food, not just in terms of the ideal items, because you might think like, yeah, chicken and broccoli and all of those things. But preparing them in a way that you look forward to it. And it doesn't have to take hours in the kitchen. I don't have hours in the kitchen. I've never spent hours in the kitchen, but it does take a little bit more intentionality and planning so that there's that positive anticipation. Well, I think this is the big light bulb moment for me with the intention and impulsivity. Mm-hmm. Impulsively, and I, it's never intentional. So maybe making my treat foods, you know, intentional okay well maybe on Sunday I know I Mm. will with the family have a dessert that day instead of never gonna have it and then impulsively I'm you know walking by chips and eating them because I feel like you said never gonna have them again right and And I know for me when I have a treat planned then when I have cravings it's like okay cool we can plan for that there's sometimes right. in the summer where all of a sudden s'mores look good because they're all over the grocery store. I live in a beach community. <laughs> yeah. They're all over the grocery store. And it's like, I can plan for that. If that's mm-hmm. really something that sounds really good, I can plan for that and I can make it a thing, but I just don't want to be in a practice. I don't want to be getting better at these impulsive purchases. So I'm mm. strategic about it and I'm intentional about it. And I think that big difference between being impulsive and reactive versus intentional uh, is a, is a, really powerful practice, whether you want to lose weight or not. I mean, the same thing can be true of spending money or of the way we speak to people. Is this an Mm -hmm. impulsive reaction to my kid or is this a really intentional reaction to my kid? I think that that practice is a really powerful one. Oh, I agree. Yes. So well, I would I'm gonna look work at, on. yeah, I, yeah, I would <laughs> really look at that and I would look at, you know, part of the practicing the indulgence is being intentional. Part of that comes from making sure you're really satisfied with your non-indulgent foods because yeah. we crave more when we don't feel that psychological satisfaction from what we're eating most of the time, which is why I was saying that like taking a little bit of more effort to really look forward to the proteins and the produce that you're eating is going to help reduce the cravings. If I have a dinner that was kind of meh, then I'm still searching. I'm still searching for that satisfaction. But when Mm -hmm. I have the thing that was planned out that 
felt so much more satisfying, I'm far less likely to be still seeking after the meal is over. Oh, gosh, that is so me. <clears throat> that is such a perfect description of me. Where I'll eat these bland foods and then mm-hmm. it's You're not, always you know, looking. I'm always looking. Yeah. And, you know, I have to, I guess, figure. I have to figure out to make food compelling, like good that I, I'm looking forward to. I need to figure that out. You know what I do is I, I work on Pinterest. I, okay. I use Pinterest and I don't follow recipes because that feels too stressful and time consuming for me most mm-hmm. of the time. But mm-hmm. I just screen grab pictures or I might look at like what the ingredients are and then I just kind of wing it. Some people that would make them crazy. But for me, I don't like the time and the pressure of recipes. Um, so yeah. in the summertime, like healthy summer salads, I would look at, and then I would tend to discard any of the ones that had pasta or grains or things like that, or I would just yeah. make it, but omit those. So I'm always looking, um, you know, like we like steak and we like flank steak and we like chimichurri and pesto. So I might look at like spaghetti squash pesto and search that in Pinterest. And I'm really just always saving pictures of meals that look good. And then mm-hmm. that's, I plan say four of those a week, knowing that maybe we'll go out or order out once a week and we'll have leftovers a couple nights and maybe one night we'll like just do breakfast for dinner, super simple stuff. Um, So I'm Mm -hmm. not creating this elegant dinner every single night, but I like to have four-ish planned per week. And I always try to have one of them be in the crock pot or the instant pot so that it doesn't take much time. And I always make it so that there's enough for leftovers for lunch the following day. And I look forward to that. Mm-hmm. I really genuinely look forward to like, oh, I know I have this delicious lunch today because of what we had for dinner last night. So it's a process, but I, yeah. I use Pinterest for that. I'm definitely going to do that. Yeah. So that's what I would recommend that you start with and shoot me an update in a couple of weeks. I'd love to know what changes you make, what struggles you're running into. And I'd be happy to kind of weigh in on where you're at in a couple of weeks. Okay. I absolutely will. Wonderful. Well, thanks for taking the time to chat Uh with me today. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Have a great day. You as well. Bye-bye. Bye. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.